Sunday, Golds, Instant React, Ario Masudi and Brett Nevitt. Florida State Baseball, a huge weekend against Notre Dame in Indiana. They take two of three against the number two ranked team in the country, the Irish. And uh, wow, uh, this is the type of performance, Brett, that um, we knew FSU is capable of, right? To go on the road against an elite team who had been playing really strong this year. And they hadn't lost a series all season. And Florida State's the first team to be able to do that. Wow, I mean, I just, I come away from the weekend and think, this is why I think so many people were so high on Florida State coming into the year. Yeah, I just thought Florida State played winning baseball all week. Um, just all around a really good weekend, I thought. Um, you know, didn't have a ton of hitting, but had timely hitting. Um, didn't, you know, didn't have a ton of homers, but still found ways to win. Um, clean defense, I thought, for the whole weekend. Um, efficient pitching, good pitching, throwing strikes for the most part. Um, all around just a really good weekend. And um, I just feel like this team is, is really starting to come together right now. And I really, really like the way they're playing baseball, not just this weekend, but the way they've kind of been trending for a little bit here. Um, four straight series wins. Uh, you know, I've won eight of the last 10 series. So uh, it's been really – I think this team is really starting to, to find find their groove and starting to show people what they can really be. Yeah, and folks, I know a lot of you were tweeting at us and, and you wanted an, an instant emergency react podcast. And uh, Brett had just been up pretty much 24 hours. I think you had a, a fun week in Nashville. I think that was your first trip, wasn't it? Yes, it was. How well, was it? It was good. It was good. Yeah, good time. And uh, as, as good of a week as you had, still not better than what Florida State was able to do at Frank X Stadium. Knowles win 5-2 uh, to two on Friday. They were uh, able to come away with one of the two games in the doubleheader on Saturday. The Sunday game got moved up because of um, impending weather that was supposed to come through the Indiana um, state line. And uh, it's a good idea they did that because there was no way they were playing baseball on Sunday. And so FSU takes, uh, after losing 5-3, to three, they take the last game 7-1. to one. And, Brett, let's, uh, let's break down some of these games real quick. 5-2 to two on Friday. Parker Messick, I mean, this is your ACC Pitcher of the Year at this point. Um, I don't think it's really even a close competition right now. Um, he does what he does, right? Six innings, one earned run, eight strikeouts. Yeah, I mean, it's as good as it gets from Messick. Um, finds himself in trouble right away in the first inning. You know, first three batters get on base. Base is loaded, no outs. Um, you know, he gets a strikeout, limits the damage to one with a sacrifice fly. Um, you know, a couple innings later, the runners on second and third, no outs, and um, you know, gets a strikeout. Then after, I think it was a walk, you get, um, you know, another strikeout and a ground out to end the inning and not allowed any runs there. And then Florida State's back, bats wake up a bit. Davis Hare comes up with a big timely hit in the fourth inning to put you up two to one. Um, and then Elijah comes up with a big timely homer in that last inning um, after a couple walks. And, um, you know, Elijah's swinging the bat really well, had a hit in every game this weekend, eight-game hit streak now. Um, I think his average is almost up to 280. Um yeah, but like you said, Parker is just – I mean, he gives you a chance to win every single Friday. Um, doesn't matter the team you're facing. He's just – I mean, his ERA is down to 2-3-7, 11th straight start of a five-plus inning pitch and two earned runs or less. Um, six innings pitch, three hits, three walks, eight Ks, only one run. Um, it's just – it's it's just – he showed your best his best – bulldog mentality on Friday and it was really fun to watch and um, you know when you when you know exactly what you're going to get from Parker Messick every time he steps on the mound and I think that's the best thing about him yeah and then you're starting to figure out what you get out of Jack Anderson all every single time he comes on the mound I think they found a role that 
um, really works for the team. I'm not sure that, you know, I would say that Jack has to be a reliever on this team to be successful, but clearly the the staff has found something that they feel Anderson um, is able to best help the team with, and that's coming in and shutting things down from the seventh inning on. And, you know, it was something that you called for a few weeks back. You said, uh, I kind of like the way Georgia Tech really approaches the, their pitching staff, having a couple of guys that, that they call, that you know, maybe some of the more premium arms on their staff to come in and, and lock down multiple innings. And Jack's done that now um, week after week, I mean, really for a month. And three innings, one hit, an earned run, a walk and two strikeouts. Uh, you can't ask for much better than that. Yeah, and that was his third save in FSU's last three wins. Um, yeah, I just think it's the best way to optimize that staff and also optimize how, how he's used um, you know, he's not really a guy that's, you know, one out or one inning and you throw him multiple times on the weekend. He kind of, he's the kind of arm that, you know, can give you a lot of innings and, um, but still be in a high leverage situation. Uh, doesn't have to be at the beginning of the game, but can give you lots of innings at the back end of the game. And, um, I really liked how he's been used the last couple of weeks. Um, it's just, you know, this is really starting to show kind of that formula for Florida State, especially on Fridays. If you can go Messick Anderson, you're not going to find many, many better one-two punches there um, to complete you through nine full innings. Um, I think Jack gave up just one hit, one walk. Walk was his first since um, opening day. I think he had gone 29.1 innings straight with no walks. He had 37 Ks. I think it's 37 Ks in a walk over his last 30 so innings. Um, that's the thing that you like the most there is just you know you're going to get strikes. You know you're going to get um, attack into the zone, and he's not going to you know, he's not going to beat himself and he's going to make other teams beat them late in games. So that's really um, what you want out of that back end guy. And uh, I don't think it gets much better than that for Florida State right now. He's probably really probably best, their second best arm on the, on the staff right now, I think. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, ERA is down to 278 on the year for Jack and four walks to 39 strikeouts. Batters hitting just 185 off Anderson and um, now he's got three saves on the year, I think, which ties for the team lead with, with Davis. And um, I think, yeah, that, that's the tie there. So uh, what was most impressive to me, though, about Jack there in the ninth is he did give up that leadoff double. And the the ability to have the mentality to say, all right, we're up five to one. You know, we're up five to one in this game. And, um, you know, I, I could let the inning kind of spiral out of control if I let that bother me, but that run is a, is essentially meaningless at second base. Just pitch like it's a fresh inning, and I thought Jack did that. He he allowed Notre Dame to kind of, you know, uh, move the runner around, and he ended up coming in to score, but I thought, you know, I was impressed with with the ability that that, that Anderson showed to just kind of close that game down and understand that, you know, you just, just can't let it get out of hand, right? And that, to me, is a sign of a mature pitcher, um, and someone you want pitching late into the postseason for FSU. Yeah, you're definitely right. I mean, I think there's, um, you know, they pitch different and they they feel different if, if you know if it's a close game. But you know, his first two innings of work are both one or you know first is a one two three inning, second is um, a scoreless inning with one walk, and those are both in a one run situation um, when he knows he's going to have that rest of the game to himself and he's working efficiently. Um, so that's good to see. Um, I think Florida State had only left two runners on base the entire game and didn't make a single error. Um, that's just, that's, that's winning baseball. And that's how this Florida state team is going to win games down the road, I think. And then just one other point I wanted to make uh, from the, from the lineup, only four hits on the day, but you and I, Brett, and I think a lot of the fan base had been asking for a killer instinct from FSU in that lineup, come up with the moment 
where, you know, you kind of put your foot on the gas pedal and pull away. And, um, you know, I know we were up, what, two to one going into the, to the ninth. You're going to get nervous there in the bottom of the ninth if the score remains two to one. Um, how big was Elijah Cabell's home run? I mean, that's, that's exactly what you want to see. Um, and it wasn't just Elijah, though, that I thought did the job, right? I mean, Nelly gets hit by the pitch. Uh, we'll talk more about Nelly's weekend in a little bit. But Robbie Martin, a big walk, um, which I thought showed a lot of maturity because he's been struggling at the plate, um, has made some really hard contact at times that just aren't finding the grass. And it's got to be frustrating for Robbie, who, you know, uh, this is not the second time, I think, in, on the year where it feels like it's, it's coming. It's just not there yet for him. Um, but for him to work the walk, I thought was really impressive. And then Elijah, he is starting to show you, I keep using the word maturity, but like that's, that's the fitting word. I mean, at the plate, he's, he's, yeah, their strikeouts will still be there, but the way that he is approaching at bats now is completely different than when he first stepped on campus and his ability to go the opposite way. He's embraced that. Um, I think is, uh, as good as you'll find in all of NCAA, right. And the ability to do damage to the opposite field. Yeah, there was a swing on Sunday that really kind of showed his maturity and his power. I think he just two-strike fastball up and away, and he kind of just poked at it, and the ball was – I mean, he just screamed off the bat, and it wasn't even really a, a full swing. And um, ball gets into that right center field gap, and uh, it was for a double. Uh, I think he had multiple hits in two of the games. Um, you know, it was two for four on this day or two for five. But, um, you know, I mean, I like you said, Nelson, too. I thought Nelson – you know, his 10-game hit streak was snapped in this game, but was really a, a big reason why Florida State won. I mean, there was a block at one point that was a huge play. I think it was the fourth inning when they had runners on and, um, you know, two outs, and he made a really big block on a, um, you know, a changeup that was spiked in the dirt in front of the plate. And then, you know, later on, I think it's the sixth inning, he ends Messick's outing with throws down a runner at second after a really nice block, another really nice block. And uh, 14th runner of the year, he's, he's thrown out in 17 attempts. Uh, it does not get any better than that. I mean, he's just been dominant on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I think this was the first weekend that we watched a team completely try to pitch around Matt Nelson the best they could. Uh, a lot of balls inside on his hands. A couple hit him. Um, he still reached base. I think um, I got to count him up. But he, he was on base multiple times. Uh, I thought the Saturday game, the first one of the Saturday game, was really impressive to me where he had a couple of those base hits in the RBI. Uh, folks, the Knolls almost came away with with all three. I mean, they had a chance there uh, in that first game of the doubleheader, two on and two out, and all you needed was one big hit um, because Tyler Martin came through with a, with a really big hit there. Um, but, yeah, so Florida State wins the first game 5-2, second game. They drop 5-3. to three. Um, Bryce, I thought, uh, excuse me, uh, G- Brett, Bryce had a really nice outing and, um, I-, I was impressed with, with the way that he pitched, um, five innings again, three hits, two runs, two walks, five strikeouts. Yeah. I thought Bryce was much better than the Lions showed. Um, only three hits allowed. I think only two of those hits got out of the infield, um, two walks, two runs. One of those runs comes after he's out of the game and it's kind of after a misplayed double in center field, I thought. Um, ball should have been caught off the bat. You know, he probably goes longer too if it wasn't for that. But he's gone four straight out. He's a five plus innings pitched and two hundred runs or less. Um, you know, I think his ERA is down to three four six. Uh, you, I just feel really comfortable on Saturdays with Bryce on the mound. Now he's shown it over and over again that he's going to get you into that fifth inning at least, and he's not going to give up much hard contact. And um, you know, when he stays away from the home run ball, then he's really going to have some dominant outings. I mean, he's going to strike out guys. He's not going to. I mean, I think believe his batting average is against is under 200 still. 
Um, just a really good pitcher when he when he's on and when he's doing his normal thing. Um, you know, the command wasn't as great as the week before because curveball was up in the zone a bit, but still was able to get away with it. He's just been really been able to work off his fastball this year, and it's been really good to see. Yeah, I was actually a little surprised they, they took him out there um, in the sixth. I thought, you know, he was keeping you in a one-run ball game, so I, I didn't understand taking him out of the ball game the way he was pitching. But um, Scalaro and Haney struggled uh, there in the sixth inning. Um, but, you know, I thought Armstrong and Walker came in and, uh, again, kept it relatively close, kept you within a few runs, and, and gave – I mean, ultimately they gave you a chance there. Um, and FSU's bats kind of woke up late against uh, Aiden Tyrell, who relieved uh, John Michael Bertrand, who was fantastic. Bertrand was was really good, as advertised. He is the the so-called ace of the Notre Dame staff, and he pitches on Saturdays, and he was really good. Um, ultimately, Florida State just came up a, a couple of hits short in that one. Um, is there anything you want to touch on about that second game? Yeah, Tyler Martin really broke out of a, a slump in this game. Um, four hits, believe that tied a career high from the – I think he had four against that in that Virginia Tech game. Don't know if he had five. He had five, so, um, you know, just below career high. But four hits for him. Rose's average over 20 points in the game. Um, actually, I think over 30 points in the game. Uh, you know, he brings in two runs in the ninth inning and, um, you know, makes that a game again, makes it a two-run game in the ninth inning with a single up the middle. Um, I thought Nelly had a good day. Nelly was two for four. Uh, I think he had, a, he had the double to score Martin the inning before the ninth inning. Um, to open the scoring for Florida State down the, down the right field line. Had another single, I believe, to lead off the sixth inning. Um, you know, had, had that really big double play that kind of swung the momentum a little bit for Florida State in the fifth inning after, I think, um, you know, Notre Dame goes same bunt single, bunt, Florida State makes an error, um, sack bunt to move them over, and then they try to bunt again on a suicide squeeze. Um, and, now, you know, they fail to do that, and Nelly tags the guy out at third base. And guns the runner down at second. Um, really nice play. Don't really know what the runner at second base was doing for Notre Dame, but either way, really nice play from Nelson, and just shows you how he kind of takes control of the baseball field. But overall, it was just a you know really struggle for Florida State to finally timely hit. Timely hit, unlike the first game of the series. Um, you know, had four leadoff hits, but only scored one of those. Um, four for twenty with runner with men on base. Seven for twenty with advancement opportunities. I mean, if you get one more timely hit in this series, you probably you probably sweep Notre Dame. Um, so to say that to be one to one timely hit away from sweeping Notre Dame, and you know still coming up with a series win and responding the next day the way they did, um, just I, I mean all positives for, from me. I think definitely. I mean, it's a scrappy Notre Dame lineup, and I think we saw what elite pitching can do. You know, to a good offense. Notre Dame, it was they came in red hot, folks. Like they they were bludgeoning the ball, and I'm not gonna lie to you. On Friday when they got to Parker in the first, I was thinking, oh man, I mean, <laughs> we they, ran they we ran up, into a buzzsaw. They put up 36 runs against North Carolina the weekend before. And I'm not, yeah, you know, I'm not gonna lie to you. I thought we were running into a buzzsaw there the way that they started both the game one and game two. But you got to give FSU's pitchers a lot of credit. I think the the mental conditioning part of the program that Meat and Belly want to implement you're starting to see like these kids are getting better you know as their outings are going on and that's the sign of uh, good coaching a uh, good program in place and um, a lot of credit goes to both uh, Parker and Bryce um, yeah so Florida State 45 minutes I think the doubleheader actually benefited them Brett being able to play again really quickly um, it's also tough to win a doubleheader in the ACC. I think a lot of things have to go your way because of just the quality of the teams that you play. So I remember when they announced the doubleheader, I said, 
man, if FSU could just split, you won the series. Um, and I think uh, FSU came out, and um, Sunday was the was the game I thought FSU kind of just controlled from from you know yeah, first well, inning to ninth. Well, the big thing I thought was four State scoring in the last couple innings there um, in game two, and it kind of gave them a better feeling than than what they had had for the most of that game. And um, you know, you insert Nico Baldor into the lineup, and um, he gives you really the biggest boost of your entire season so far. Um, Three for four with, or actually three for three, reach base, all five uh, plate appearances. Um, three doubles, first time Seminoles had three doubles in a game since Neat Porty in 2017. Four RBIs. Um, you know, Nander also, you know, opens the scoring with a double down the line with two outs. Uh, just all around a really good uh, performance from the bottom third of the order. And, um, you know, really good to see that from Nico. You know, Meat's always been comp- complimentary as a, of him as a teammate. Um, only had ten at bats going into the going into the game, and um, you know first start of the season, first start and you know first career start in center field. Um, you know he looks stable in center field as well. They'd said they they've been working on practicing him out there since Reese got hurt, and they're trying to you know ease him into that a little bit. But um, you know who knows if this is sustainable? I mean not at this that rate, but you know this will always kind of be you know the Nico Baldor game in my mind. You know I don't think I'll forget this one for a while. It was. Pretty special to see, I thought. There was like a mini a Tim Becker vibe going in this one where you're like, oh, okay, there's one. Um, oh, my gosh, there's two. And he's still doing it. And you're like, Nico Baldor, hero. Uh, and it couldn't, I mean, it couldn't if, happen. If you want to know how much Nico means to that team, despite the littleness, like the least amount he's played, um, I mean, just go back and listen to the dugout reactions to his doubles. And um, it's not just because Florida State's scoring, but it's because of who's doing it and you know, he means a lot to those guys, I think. And, um, you know, Meat just was very high on him and, and in the post game, And just, you know, he, I, you know that's he, or he, I think he earned that opportunity through the way he's been in the locker room so far this season. Yeah, and, you know, I think, he, like you said, it couldn't happen to someone who deserves it more, the opportunity to, to shine. And um, when you're down there, Nico is like a, a golden retriever. You know, he's like saying hello to everybody, fist bumps, and what's up, man? It doesn't matter if he knows you or if he doesn't know you. Uh, Nico Baldor brings uh, a sunshine, really, to the field. I mean, and that's that's why he's in that locker room, uh, transferred from Miami um, to, to come to Florida State, so we, we already love him for that. I mean, join the, the good side. So uh, he's, he's already got points in my book. But uh, the way he has handled himself, I think his family has to be so thrilled with this opportunity and um, – for Nico to come through, I think, is just that feel-good story of the weekend. And, yeah, I think you're right. He's going to earn at least a couple more starts. And um, let's give credit where it's due to Meat because Meat has nailed, and I mean absolutely nailed, these uh, spot starts that he's trying to find a spark. That's what, I mean, that's what coaches call it is we just need a spark in this lineup. And time and time again this year, um, and like you said, I don't know if it's sustainable, Brett, but – for that weekend or for that game, it makes a huge difference. Parker coming through, Wyatt coming through, uh, Davis Hare coming through, uh, there, uh, Isaiah Perry at one point coming through. Um, Meat has really, I think, felt that part of the lineup out really well. And uh, maybe it's he knows that there's just not a scouting report on this kid for today, and they're going to just throw him fastballs. And I think I trust my kids to hit fastballs. Um, yeah, I, mean, I mean, thinking about it, um, you know, Parker in his first start had a homer. I think in that same game, Crowell had two hits. I think in Davis's first start, he had three hits and a triple. Um, Isaiah had two doubles in his first start. 
and now Nico's had three hits and, and three doubles in his start. I mean, and, and all these guys, the thing to me is this shows that, you know, even when these guys aren't playing every day, Florida State's still coaching them hard and still has them doing everyday things and making sure they're ready for any moment because, I mean, Nico only had 10 at-bats coming into this. And, I mean, you know, they've been like one at-bat in a game. And so for him to be able to be ready, I think that's also a testament to Florida State's coaching staff and how they have these guys prepared even when they're not everyday starters. Yeah, a sign of a good staff and a good coach is pulling the right strings, right? You know, you've got to, there's an aspect to the game where you just kind of feel it um, and you have to feel it out. And so I think, you know, Meat deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, but, yeah, 7-1 to one for Florida State. Connor Grady, a uh, hat tip to you, sir. Five innings, three hits, no runs, two walks, six strikeouts. I, I was a little – I know you and I had a conversation watching it. You know, why would you take Grady out there in the sixth when um, he's only at 73 pitches and, and, you know, he was pitching really well. But um, your explanation to me, I think, ended up making a lot of sense, and, and I'll let you share that here on this podcast. Yeah, I understand both sides, and I, in no way I would I have been – upset with 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 Connor going back out there but I think it was just um you know third time through the order you know you really haven't used much of your pen the entire weekend um you know you still got Davis you've got Wyatt um they didn't have those guys in the lineup because they knew they wanted to throw them um you know Connor did his job and um you know in a couple innings before he had been in some trouble and I just think that um you know with the arms they still had left they said you know and, you know, with the point we're at in the season and, and you know, the arm, the pitches that start to build up on arms, they said, um, you know, no reason to push it here. Um, you know, let's just go and try to close this thing out with our bullpen. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I would not have been mad with them throwing Connor back out there. I'm not mad with them bringing in um, Davis they, the way they did. Um, you know, bullpen gives you four innings and one run ball. Um, we can't really be mad at that. And, um, you know, Connor only had 73 pitches, but – um, you know, when you have a lineup like Notre Dame and they've shown multiple times this year that they can come back at any moment and have been big innings. Um, you know, I understand why Florida State uh, went to the pen as quick as they did. Um, but, uh, you know, Hunter Purdue in that ninth inning was was really good. I thought one, two, three inning and, you know, back to back strikeouts to end it. Um, Connor was really good. Um, you know, missed bats again, I thought, at a high level. And Slider looked really good, I thought. Um, worked himself out of a couple jams as well. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just – this. Is, I don't think it gets any better than this staff right now. You'd be really hard – to. it'd be really hard to find a better pitching staff. And, Brett, once again, like Sundays for Florida State, having that stability is huge. I mean, Notre Dame didn't know who they wanted to start on Sunday. They had a, a TBA in the game notes, and they ended up going with Alex Rao, who – you know, three and a third, gave up three earned runs, three walks, and um, they had to pitch four guys, you know, pretty quickly to, to try and just figure it out. Uh, meanwhile, Connor Grady just keeps going out there and, and doing what he does. So huge advantage for FSU against uh, a top-five baseball team, right? Like, I mean, and, and that's just what Connor Grady brings to the table. Out of your weekend starters, I believe all the guys have 50-plus innings, and I believe all of them have a three, five, six or better ERA. Um, I just don't think you're going to find a better weekend staff right now. I know there's – a Kumar and, and a lighter out there, but um, the, the multiple different things that these guys can do for you, um, you know, Parker is going to give you the, the six or seven innings almost every time out there. Bryce is going to strike a ton of guys out. Um, Connor brings a veteran presence and he strikes guys out too. And he can also work efficiently. Um, yeah, man, I just, I don't, I don't know where you, where you can go wrong here with this staff. It's hard, hard to find any holes at all. 
Yeah, no doubt. I uh, also wanted to say really happy for Dylan Simmons. Oh, yeah. Um, he hit the ball hard a couple times. I know it's been a frustrating year for him, and I'm sure his family's been waiting for him to keep getting a chance. And um, one for four, but, you know, he hit the ball hard a, a few times. There was one line out where the, the shortstop made an incredible play. And uh, I'm not going to say the words that Dylan said running to first, split, first base, but he had his head back kind of smiling and almost as if to say, like, are you kidding me? I can't catch a break. And then finally he gets that base hit, an infield hit, um, and he's, like, laughing the whole way down uh, to first base. So um, good for him. Um, maybe that's something FSU can find going forward, but um, was happy for Dylan. I like having Davis as the, um, you know, the DH, but I think, if, I think a plan they could use going forward is – you know, two out of three days on a weekend, we're going to have Davis in a DH. Um, you know, in that third day, we're going to have Dylan DH, and, you know, we're going to use Davis on the mound. Because I know sometimes they worry about using Davis um, doing both because Meat doesn't like using guys with tired legs on the mound. Um, so I think that's definitely a way to get Simmons in there. Um, I thought all, all of his at-bats yesterday were good at-bats. I think he had two lineouts, also had a walk, that single. Um you know, like you said, he was kind of just laughing off a couple of the lineouts, and whole dugout was kind of messing with him a bit, just because you know when you're going like that and you're hitting the ball hard and things just won't fall for you. Um, you know, it's not as much about result; it's about the product and the work you're putting into it. And um, you know, Meat was also very complimentary of Dylan after the game, and you know, kind of the process he goes through, much like Nico, means a lot to those guys and is liked by everyone. Um, overall, just yesterday, Meat was as complimentary as he's ever been of this team. And it wasn't even as much about on the field. And he just basically said, you know, we've got a really good group of guys here. And, um, you know, he was just talking about how much he loved coaching them and, you know, just the guys that they've been and how they're, you know, he just said he's extremely proud of them and the way they've worked all season through everything they've been through and, you know, the ups and downs a bit. But he said he's very, you know, happy with where they're at and, um, you know, just thinks that this team is, is really starting to put it together. So, um, you know, Florida State's got some really good kids on this team. they got some really talented kids. And when you have both of those, I think it can take you pretty far. Yeah, and I think you've got good leadership, too, that's emerging on this team. Obviously, what, what Chase brings uh, just in that locker room and the presence um, that he has, I think there's always that calm, cool presence um, and I think the kids feed off that. But Matt, the way Matt Nelson has developed as a leader, it's one thing to be a leader, right? Like everyone listens to the catcher. It's the catcher. It's a premium position in the sport. But then when, you, when the catcher starts producing at this level, it is an entirely different vibe. Um, and it has a completely, di- a completely different effect, right? When the catcher is like your quarterback is, is playing at a high level. It's like having a quarterback who's a game manager or a quarterback who's a Heisman Trophy winner. Like, yes, you respect the quarterback no matter what, but it's different when he's playing at a high level. And I think that's happening with Matt Nelson right now, too. Yeah, there's been a lot of guys this year that I think have taken a step forward in, in that category. I think Nander has been much better this year as the captain of that infield of really commanding those guys and, um, you know, helping out the pitchers as well and keeping them in games. And um, I think Meets mentioned it a couple times, that he's just been very much more vocal this year, and that's really helped them big time. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just there's guys all over the field that – have been leaders for this team and even, you know, a lot of these unsung heroes kind of guys with Nico. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just there's this team is headed in the right direction. And I think we've kind of been hinting to that for a while and we've expected for them to have a big weekend like this. And, um, you know, it really came at the right time. Yeah. So now 25 and 17, Brett, uh, 17 and 13 in the ACC. That is a really respectable number there um, for a conference play. And, um, Knowles are fifth, though, in the league standings as of now because 
uh, Georgia Tech swept Clemson, who is Florida State's next uh, weekend opponent um, after the Knowles play FGCU. But, yeah, so Georgia Tech, I believe, is up on FSU by one game in the ACC. So you're rooting for Georgia Tech to lose a game here or there um, and FSU to finish strong so that we can clinch that, you know, number four seed in the ACC tournament and kind of lead our own pod. Um, that would be huge for, for FSU. But I expect FSU to vault into the top 15 of a lot of polls. Um, you might see a, a couple of top 10s. I'm not, I'm not going to predict any top 10 rankings, but um, we're recording this on Sunday afternoon. Uh, happy Mother's Day, by the way, uh, to, to everyone out there, all those moms. Um, and I uh, love my mom. Uh, Brett, I know your mom has been huge in your life, and uh, definitely want to shout out uh, the moms out there and, and those of you who are listening to this podcast, uh, the moms and the players' moms and everything like that. So... Uh, happy Mother's Day there. Um, should be even happier Monday <laughs> when the rankings come out, Brett. I, I think this FSU team um, has now positioned itself uh, into being a at least one of those top 20 teams that are going to be mentioned for an NCAA regional host. And who knows? I think right now FSU could be second in the pecking order in terms of uh, getting an ACC regional. Yeah, I mean, I would be shocked if, if Florida State um, – I honestly would be shocked if Florida State wasn't a top 20 one of these 20 host sites. Um, you know, I know the RPI still is. But I just think, you know, the RPI is not that valuable this year with some of these teams that are ahead of Florida State and, you know, not much non-conference. But, um, you know, this team has just played really good. And, um, you know, there's been up and downs within the team. But for the most part, I mean, it's been a consistent year of baseball for Florida State. Haven't found that many sweeps. and But, I mean, you just win series. And, I mean, when you're winning series, I mean, you can't ask for much more. And, um, you know, Florida State's won four straight series now. Um, FSU's playing as good as anybody in the ACC right now. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's Tallahassee. You know, NCAA knows they can get money out of Tallahassee with a regional here. Uh, Florida State submitted a bid. Florida State's playing really well right now. Nobody's going to argue if they're a top 20, one of those 20 host sites. So, in my opinion, I think Florida State will be in there. Um, I'll be surprised if Florida State is not in there. Um, and also, shout out my mom. I'm sure she's listening right now. Um, on her way to school or something. But um, happy Mother's Day to Mrs. Nevitt. Happy Mother's Day, Mrs. Nevitt. And uh, Miss Masudi. Um, all right. Uh, Brett, well, to just, I just want to touch on the RPI again real quick, too. Knowles uh, are now 36th in the RPI, a jump of 23 spots. Um, in the last weekend. So um, the only other thing I wanted to say was strength of schedule for FSU folks is 20. That is really respectable. That's awesome. Um, and then the other thing that's a really huge feather in FSU's cap and why I do believe FSU will ultimately host um, and why I definitely believe they'll be on that list of 20 regional sites, um, Florida State has 15 wins that are considered quad one. So top 50 RPI or higher. Can I tell you the teams that have high, the, the only teams that have more? Arkansas and Vanderbilt. That's it. FSU has more quality wins than the Gators. They have, I, I can name you all those SEC teams, Mississippi State, all these shoe-ins who are going to be, you know, national seeds, the Texases of the world, TCUs, the uh, Arizonas, the Tennessees that could get a host spot, Oregon. Um, Pitt has 15 as well. Um, so FSU and Pitt are really um, kind of vying in similar territory. Pitt has a huge feather in their cap sweeping FSU. That that weekend is going to come back to really hurt Florida State. I mean, it's just uh, – that, that one hurts. Um, but the Knowles have done such a great job of, I think, you know, mitigating that weekend the best that they can. 
Um, and there was a point, man, where I said, I don't know if FSU is going to have a chance to host anymore um, because of that. But they have done their job since then to put themselves in a position. But, Brett, you can't argue with the – I think the RPI will keep going up. The strength of schedule is really high, and the quality wins. I mean, of your eight games remaining, two of them are Q2 against FGCU, and the next six are um, all Q1, and three of them are on the road. Um, yeah, I mean, I just – there's a lot of opportunities left for Florida State out there. I think they'll be one of those 20, and I think they'll have some big chances to make themselves one of those 16 and at the end of the season. Yeah, no doubt. Again, Florida State, only two teams have more uh, quadrant one wins. That's Arkansas, who has 17, and that's Vanderbilt, who has 17. Nobody else has more. Number one and number two. So um, I think there's more than a case to be made for FSU to be at least one of the top 16 um, to get a regional host, even if we're, you know, 15th or 16th, right? So anyway, um, the picture looks really good right now for FSU to host. I I saw D1 baseball starting to kind of jump on the FSU hosting train. Um, We were on that one. Uh, way earlier than that, saying that the Knolls had a, had a really good chance. And so um, keep an eye out on that. A big weekend series against the Clemson Tigers. All right, Brett, quickly before we wrap up, um, let's talk a little bit of FGCU. We don't know a lot about them. I can tell you that they're a quality opponent um, from the A-Sun. They are 26-17. and 17. They just won a series over JU uh, this past weekend on the road. Uh, they're 12-6 and 6 in their conference. Brett, something the A-Sun is doing is they're actually keeping – the north and the south of the league kind of separate this season. So you're playing really your division multiple times. So that's something unique. Um, FGCU's playing Stetson and, and JU um, multiple weekends. Um, FGCU also, as of now, will not have a weekend series next week. Uh, they were supposed to go to Kennesaw State for some tournament. Um, that has been canceled. I don't know if it's COVID-related or what. Um, I'm on the call this week um, for FGCU, for ACC Network Extra. I'll try and find out. Um, when we have coaches' calls on why that is. But that could mean that FGCU is going to have a lot of arms available uh, to them to be able to use. Um, They hit the baseball. Uh, Stats haven't been completely updated, but they hit about 280 as a team, have five or six guys that can swing the sticks. Brian Ellis is a really good baseball player. They got one kid, uh, Joe Kinker, uh, with 12 home runs uh, on the year. So they've got some pop in that lineup. I believe they have about 40 home runs as a team. They get on base, and FGCU has been uh, a problem for FSU in the past. Yeah, I mean, this is a quality baseball team. Um, you know, I'm pretty excited for this week and to see what Florida State does. It's going to be the only five-game five game week of the entire year. I'm um, interested to see, you know, how Florida State's pitching staff responds to it and the challenge of this week. Um, you're going to need innings out of Carson Montgomery on Tuesday um, to get through this whole week, and, you know, I'm excited to see him take on that challenge and really happen to be – um, efficient for the first time this year and you know haven't seen Carson in a little while now um, since that last midweek game um, you know Ross Dunn is going to start for Florida State on Wednesday I'm really excited to see how he does in that opportunity uh, you know has shown lately what he can do at the back end of games but we haven't seen him start a game yet and I'd like to see them extend him a bit and give them some innings and um, you never know I don't I think there's still um, you know I think right now Carson Montgomery is still your fourth starter when it comes to postseason play but um, Ross Dunn could also be sort of that bridge to the bullpen if Florida State needs that at some point and uh, to see him get some extended innings I'm looking forward to that I'm looking forward to you know the bullpen usage all week I think we'll see a lot of young guys Uh, you know these are the opportunities that we would have seen early in the season 
Um, so to see them now, right before postseason comes around, there's some big opportunities for some of these younger kids, I think, um, to make their mark and show me that, you know, they deserve some more opportunities. So, um, yeah, I think FGC, you can really hit, uh, Florida state's probably going to have to score some runs this week with the challenge of using all these pitchers for the first time this year. Um, but uh, yeah, just it's a good opportunity, and you know it's a it's a really good quality opponent, I think, and it's another good test for Florida State, just like they've they've been tested all year, really. No doubt, uh, Florida State's offense has actually been really good in the midweek this year. I'm looking at some of these scores, and um, they've hit some similar level. You know, they've hit Ju, they hit Stetson pretty well, um, they hit Mercer, uh, some just these, some similar programs, you know, that you're going to see um, that have really good offenses, and FGCU's team ERA is above five. Um, and their stats have not been updated. They won today 14-11 to 11 over JU. So those numbers will go up, obviously. Uh, both their team batting average and the team ERA for FGCU is going to rocket north. So, um, yeah, it's a good program. They're, they, they're going to play Florida State hard. Uh, Brett, they're gonna, it's going to mean a lot to them because those are a lot of kids that probably um, wanted FSU offers or were being talked to at some point and just didn't get that final offer because FSU chose another kid. Um, that they really liked. Uh, so they'll come in, they'll play hard. Um, 26 and 17 is nothing to sneeze at. It's a, a, a team in the state of Florida that has a lot of talent. And so um, FSU is going to have to play well. And like you mentioned, I think, you know, Ross Dunn, Carson Montgomery are going to have to be really strong for FSU. Yeah, this is going to be something that, you know, these guys, like Florida State can't overlook it. Um, you know, you might, you can have that little hangover after, you know, a huge series win like they're coming off of. But I think having Sunday off is a good thing for them to, you know, take Sunday to, to you know, celebrate that series, win a bit, um, get back to work on Monday and um, go at it Tuesday and Wednesday against a really quality opponent and, and really basically a series. And um, if Florida State could take two games from FGCU, I think that would be really big. Um, you know, no problem with splitting those games, I think. Um, but if Florida State could take two games, I think that would be a really, a really good thing for them. Yep. Uh, FGCU, 6 o'clock on Tuesday, 2 o'clock on Wednesday. Um, those are the times. So six o'clock, two o'clock, Tuesday, Wednesday. I mean, another thing is, I think Florida State. I mean, I mean, it, it could have a big deal on their RPI, not because I mean it's FGCU, but it could. The Florida State, the big reason they're not higher is because they're non-conference. Just their their strength of schedule and their RPI non-conference, and it's it's just not it's not good. And um, you know, I've had some of those close losses against not so good teams, but. Um, you know, FGCU is probably going to be their second highest non-conference team in RPI. Um, so it is kind of a big deal. Um, but yeah, I think at worst you, you split here, um, you know, taking two games and, and seeing these young arms or throw the ball really well, um, would be really nice to see before heading into Clemson in, a, in another big series, uh, as you think, you know, last week in Dick Hauser. So I think it'll be a fun one. Maybe last week in Dick Hauser, at least in the last regular week season. of regular season. Yeah. Well, ho let's hope it's not the last week in Dick Hauser. That would, uh, that would suck. But all right. Well, Florida State, they take two of three against Notre Dame. Want to quickly shout out um, Florida State women's tennis making the Sweet 16. Shout out to FSU soccer for making another college cup that seems to be kind of a birthright for this program. And Mark Krikorian, um, the best coach in the game uh, in, in college soccer. So shout out to those two, Brett. Anything else that you want to touch on before we sign off? All good. All right. Well, we are on Apple Pods and Spotify, uh, as well as on Google Pods. Um, please leave us a review. Leave us five stars. Uh, do email us um, at sundaygoldspod at gmail. You can find us as well on Twitter. 
Um, love hearing your comments, and, and we appreciate your enthusiasm for Florida State baseball. Uh, the Knolls are starting to play really well, just like we all hoped and thought they could. And uh, we will have a episode for you previewing the Clemson series later on this week. All right, until we talk to you again, go Knowles.